welcome, welcome, welcome to After the Bell. I am still Corey Graves. KP is waiting in the wings as we often rely on him to do. We've got NXT Tag Team Champion Kofi Kingston joining the show in a little while. We've got lots to talk about regarding Raw 30 and the Royal Rumble, which is just around the corner. But before we get to that, uh, I'm joining you on Wednesday as we record this. And last night during the evening, the news broke uh, that has really resonated throughout the entire sports entertainment family uh, in that we lost another one of our own, unfortunately, way too soon, uh, Jay Briscoe, who to WWE fans may not be familiar, but to those of us uh, within the business who have spent any time on the independence, particularly in the northeastern part of the United States, uh, you'd be hard-pressed not to find somebody on the WWE roster who hasn't encountered Jay Briscoe. Uh, he, he passed away as a result of a car accident. And obviously, at this point when we're recording this, there's still details coming out. Um, his children, uh, at least his daughter, I know, was still in the woods as of we're recording this. So I just want to take a minute to s- extend condolences to everyone who knew Jay uh, as a husband, as a father, as a friend, I'm not going to profess to be best friends with Jay. I, I've wrestled him, with him several times in the past. Anytime I was in a locker room, whether it be in Philadelphia or New Jersey or Ring of Honor, uh, a company that countless superstars who the WWE Universe knows and loves from Seth Rollins, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Cesaro. I mean, literally everyone who passed through Ring of Honor on their way to WWE uh, brushed shoulders with Jay and his brother, Mark, an elite level tag team. In my opinion, maybe the greatest unsung tag team this business has ever known. Uh, I, I think back to our days in FCW when we were the independent guys, our little clique who, who had sort of formed a bond, uh, constantly bringing up their names. And man, those guys need to be here. And for one reason or another, the stars never aligned. Uh, I, I can't, adequately explain how terrible I feel for Jay's brother, Mark, uh, the, the other half of the Briscoes tag team who are still active, still setting the world on fire, tearing it up. They just had a, an epic tag team match with the guys that we, you know, we know in WWE as the revival, uh, and nobody that I know would has ever said a bad word about Jay Briscoe. And in this business, that's a rarity. This was a guy who in front of the camera, was as intense and entertaining and downright scary as a superstar could be, as a talent could be. He made you believe he and and Mark both. uh, And again, I'm saying that as a a guy who's been in the ring with them. I remember vividly uh, standing in the Manhattan center. uh, One of the few times I competed for ring of honor and we were myself and a guy called Jason blade were wrestling the Briscoes. And when the lights went out and give me back my bullets by Leonard Skinner started echoing through I was lost in the moment. I had to take myself out of it and go, oh man, I got to wrestle these guys now. Just something special. And if you were lucky enough to to know Jay in any manner, whether it be as a, as a close friend, and again, my, my heart goes out to everybody who's affected by this, his immediate family, his, his wife, his children. This is just one of the saddest things I can remember. And in, in this business, we unfortunately, I think, harden ourselves at times. Because everything's so transient. You see somebody and then you may not see him for two, three years. And then you see him down the road and you pick up right where you left off. And it's been a while since I've seen Jay or Mark. uh, But I had, I feel like I would have been able to pick up a conversation 
tomorrow, uh, had we bumped into each other once again. I have so much respect for those guys and the entire industry from Triple H sending out a message on down. Thankfully, they acknowledged it on NXT on Tuesday. Uh, this just can't can't be overlooked. So I just want to say to everybody who's feeling any kind of way about this, all of our hearts are broken with you. Uh, it sucks. And, you know, just best wishes. And, and I, I just genuinely want to... Uh, send my my thoughts and prayers to to Jay's family and everybody who knew him um you know I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to to suck it up and and get through this show uh but but again like let's not let's not act like nothing's going on this this resonates with all of us uh I, I, you know, we, we we exchanged some text messages last night some friends of mine who, who were all kind of mourning together we're all mourning let's do our best to support those who need us uh in the business the families of those in the business and uh you know Rest in power, man. Jay Briscoe forever. Beautifully said. Beautifully said, Corey. You know, you, you mentioned this industry is hardened. And all I saw last night when that news broke and continuing into today through the night, you know, it's just absolute love for somebody and love and strength to Jay's family at such a horrific time. Um, it really is. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You did mention the Manhattan Center there, and I'd like to start there if we can. We, we turn our attention back to WWE and what's to come this coming Monday. It's Raw 30, 30 years of Monday Night Raw. And you mentioned the Manhattan Center, and it, it, it kind of brought me back to last night I was watching the first ever Monday Night Raw at the Manhattan Center, you know, a show that was opened up with Sean Mooney outside and the, the wonderful Bobby the Brain Heenan trying to make his way inside the arena and he wasn't allowed and then he kept coming back as different characters. And it just, it was so much fun to watch back the first few episodes of Raw last night and enjoy the simplicity of it all. WWE, it, it's just evolved into this behemoth, you know, and the show itself now is just absolutely enormous. That There was something about the simplicity of it all last night. Even the simplicity of the matches versus the speed of NXT and, and comparing and contrasting last night, um, it was an interesting case study. And I just, I, I just absolutely loved what I saw from from Vince McMahon opening up the show alongside Macho Man Randy Savage to, you know, some of the greats involved. You had HBK, Shawn Michaels defending his Intercontinental Championship on the very first night of Monday Night Raw. And here he is now leading the charge at NXT. It was just, it was special to go and revisit that on Peacock. It's so easy to go and do that these days, which is pretty cool. As, as you mentioned, the Manhattan Center, I thought it'd bring that up. It was just a nice yeah, no, and you're absolutely right. And that's part of the gravitas and why I vividly remember that entire day, that opportunity to compete and be in the ring 
with with Jay and Mark. I'll, I'll always remember that and cherish that. But the it was the venue was just as special because I had grown up watching Monday Night Raw. And, and to your point, KP, I, I encourage anybody listening to this who maybe hasn't ever seen the first Monday Night Raw. You can find it, WWE on Peacock. Search, find it, pull it up, watch it, and enjoy it. And if for no other reason than to see how far we have come and how far the business has evolved in 30 years. And we say all the time, longest running episodic television show in history, right? And there is a point of pride in that. That's unheard of. Any television show for 30 years is impressive. And the fact that we're still doing it, now it's three hours long. Now we're selling out arenas all over the world. Raw has taken place in Europe. The evolution from the infancy, the vision that was Monday Night Raw in the tiny little intimate Manhattan center, which I think added a lot. And, and when we did the 25th anniversary of raw, we did the simulcast. We were in Barclays center in Brooklyn at the same time as the Manhattan center. And th- there's a magic about that, that building now that still resonates. And I believe there are still uh, some independent companies who run there occasionally uh, just because of, of it's become a Mecca in our business, that, that building, much like a Corican Hall in Japan or something like that. People aspire to compete there. But to your point, looking back and my, how things have changed, Shawn Michaels, HBK was just on the rise then, man. Uh, Max Moon, it's crazy. Unfortunately, uh, on theme, uh, so many superstars who are no longer with us that, that, that you can't help but have a heavy heart when you look at it from that perspective. But if you look on the bright side of things, you get to witness all of these greats, sometimes in their infancy, you got to see the early days of Razor Ramon. Yes, yes. And, 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 and trust me, there's, there's quite a bit of bad. As much as we're, we're waxing poetic about all the great stuff, a lot of it doesn't hold up so, so well. But the, the, the outside stuff with Bobby Heenan not being let in the building and wearing disguises, man, that is still to this day. Comedy, when comedy is good, it just holds up forever. So the reason Don Rickles is still relevant to, in, in 2023 because the stuff is just good. If it's good, it's good. You know, you and I had a drink at the bar after Raw on Monday. We did. And you said to me that as a wrestling fan, as a WWE fan growing up, you actually studied the commentators as well. And you found yourself like really honing in on what someone like Bobby Heenan was saying. So what did he mean to you growing up? It wasn't so much that I studied them as much as I think I absorbed a lot of it by osmosis. I, I, we talked about it a lot on, on this show that my, that was what my dad and I did. And to this day, my dad's still a big fan and that's what we bonded over. My dad loved wrestling and that's why I, I was familiar with Ric Flair and I had all the magazines and, and but the commentary to me was just the, the soundtrack. I didn't pay attention. I certainly didn't look at it from a broadcasting perspective like we do now. And I didn't nitpick and, and say, Oh, well he'd, had a terrible transition there or the, he really missed the opportunity to drive that point home. It was just fun. It was the whole package. It was just all, all encompassing. It, it was almost jarring to me as a kid to go to a live event at the Pittsburgh civic arena and not have commentary big time. It was weird because when you're a kid, you just assume that's just how things are. Uh, so, so, uh, I mean, to answer your initial question, I think we, we could do three whole episodes on what Bobby the Brain he means, not only to me, but the entire industry. He is the greatest of all time, bar none. I've had people draw parallels or say, oh, that was almost, you know, Heenan-esque. And, and trust me, if it offends you, me saying that, it, offends, it offended me twice as bad in the moment. It's just kind of like... I don't even want to think about that. It makes me uncomfortable. Bobby Heenan, Jesse Ventura, those guys just live in a realm unto themselves as far as I'm concerned. But 
as a fan, man, uh, that that was that was one of the the funniest parts of my of my night of my childhood was Bobby Heenan making jokes. And the thing I think that resonated to me was how hard he made my dad laugh. <laughs> when I saw, or, you know, half the time I don't even think I understood the jokes or the references that he would make, but I would see my dad just belly laughing, and I went, "Well, obviously this Heenan guy's onto something. He can make my." But and I was also a Hulkamaniac, so I despised Bobby Heenan because he was trying to destroy my hero. It's so weird. This is a rabbit hole I should go down with my therapist one day to really unravel how deep the the rabbit hole goes as far as my my psychological development based on WWE. (laughs) Like, why why are you why do you have this issue at the age of thirty eight? Well, when I was a kid, (laughs) Bobby the Brain Heenan said this. So, uh, oh, who knows, man? But. It, it is. This is going to be a celebration, KP. I'm looking forward to Monday night. Unfortunately, we will not be in the Manhattan Center. We spent way too much time reminiscing about that building. But to see where it all began 30 years ago to now be in the Wells Fargo Center in Philadelphia, which as wrestling towns go, there aren't many better. It's one of the one of the major cities, the major markets we always look forward to hitting. The fans are always passionate. They're always loud. And KP, as we learned this past Monday, the fans in Philly are going to have quite a few things to cheer about this coming Monday on Raw. Yeah, big time. Big time. Big match in Philadelphia the night before. You've also got a date with Ric Flair, if we're to believe Rick from after the bell just a few weeks ago. Hey, never disbelieve, Nature Boy. The invite was extended publicly. I'm waiting for that text about Sunday afternoon with the, the wine glass emoji and the, the beer cheers emoji. And then uh, old Nature and I are probably going to get into some trouble. I'm looking forward to it. Beautiful. So lots of legends going to be in attendance at Raw 30. You've got the likes of Shawn Michaels will be there. Uh, Teddy Long will be there. Ric Flair. Uh, the list goes on of absolute legends and Hall of Famers that will be there in attendance on the night. We've also got three matches that have been made official heading into that night. Becky Lynch and Bailey in a steel cage match. Uh, Austin Theory will take on Bobby Lashley, who came through that elimination match, which was just some hellacious way to end Monday Night Raw. A lot of fun. I really enjoyed that. Did you? Oh, it was absolutely great. I mean, I, I've enjoyed the last two weeks. First, the gauntlet match, and then this six-way. It's nice, and you're you're getting to experience it now. When you have time to let a match play out, and you've got I mean, it took up the majority of the third hour of Raw, uh, but it was action-packed. The, the action was non-stop from bell to bell. In the end, yeah, we're getting Bobby Lashley and Austin Theory. Yet again, we've seen the match happen before, but they have tremendous chemistry and theory has been doing such fantastic work. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure Bobby Lashley is even larger than he was when Adam Pierce suspended him or <laughs> several months back. Bobby, it looks like a- an absolute cartoon right now. Like, like something out of a, an X-Men comic, Bobby Lashley wants to be us champion again. Can't wait to see how that rolls out. I'm just excited to get there for Monday. Yeah, but Bobby's not nearly as tough as Dominic Mysterio, is he? Because Dom could find himself being a champion come Monday night because Dom and Damian Priest, the Judgment Day, set to take on the Usos for the Raw Tag Team Championships. And no doubt you'll have fun with this one again. The thing that concerns me the most is what happens if Dominic wins a tag team title? Like, how is he supposed to take that back to the cell block and not have somebody try to rip it out of his hands and take what's his because he's turned his life around and he's succeeding in spite of what society has done to him? what the streets have turned him into the fact that Dominic can't even look in the mirror in the morning anymore because of all the stuff he has seen and he's had to do to survive, to make it to the top of the game. 
Feel free to stop me at any time, KP. No, I'm laughing at this because he <laughs> no, calls out Solo Sokoa, the enforcer, and then he has to step back as mommy has to intervene to protect old Dom. And tell me, Kevin, tell me your interest wasn't at least peaked. Big time. It's insane. It should never happen. But seeing Rhea stand her ground with Solo, man, I, I don't think you or I said a word. We were just lost in it, sitting at the desk, looking at our monitors going, oh, this isn't going to, it could, well, maybe, uh, uh, please don't. Yes, do it. I, I mean, the whole gamut of emotions. It started with both of us going solo. Don't do it. He looked down. I thought we were going to see a Samoan spike. And then all of a sudden, we're, I'm, I'm thinking, actually, Rhea, don't do it. Yeah, right? right? <laughs> Who, who's going to blink first? Uh, it, was, it was definitely a wild interaction. I have no doubt uh, the Usos, of course, deliver. Period. Yeah. That's it. This, that's the sentence. That's all you need to know. The Usos deliver. Always. But what we've seen out of Priest lately... You and I talked about it a little bit last week. Tried to bring it up on Raw briefly. Priest is a guy who's wanted that moment to shine. Wanted his opportunity. Since he was United States champion, he never quite reached those heights again. This is a chance. And, and Priest is doing the work. And Dominic is red hot right now. Whether you like him, whether you hate him, Dominic is where he is for a reason. He elicits reactions. This is going to be an awesome match regardless. And at this point, this is that time of year, Kevin, where uncertainty reigns supreme because especially the Royal Rumble, once the Royal Rumble itself begins, we know we're going to see surprises. We know we're going to see some superstars show up that maybe we haven't seen in a while or, or thought we'd never see before. AJ Styles comes to mind. When AJ walked out in Orlando to the, at the Royal Rumble, I lost my mind and I worked here. I had no idea. Uh, but, but the uncertainty is the beauty of it because from the Royal Rumble event, the surprises that will happen and all the twists and turns and speed bumps and audibles that happen on the road to WrestleMania, we still have Elimination Chamber. People are, are already looking, okay, Royal Rumble, WrestleMania. The Elimination Chamber in Montreal is huge. It's already sold out. Going up to KO and Sammy Country. Exactly, exactly. And and Montreal's a fun town, man. I don't know, I don't know if I you've done it. TV there with us yet, but that's one of my favorite cities because they bring it. Any town that, that you don't have to elicit the response, that they just give it to you. Those are those are my favorite. But but you mentioned surprises though. Cody Rhodes announced it wasn't I, I don't it was a huge surprise on the night. The bigger surprise for me is physically how he's able to do it, how he's managed to to, to make his way back here to, to peak fitness. It was June. When we saw those scenes at Hell in a Cell, you know, when he took off his jacket and the, the collective gasp around the arena and the watching world, going, what are you doing? And then Rollins just tore him to shreds and somehow Cody managed to win that match. But in that moment, you're like, there's no way he's coming back anytime soon. But through the brilliant work of our, our documentary team, we actually figured out that it was the tendon that was damaged as, as opposed to the muscle with Cody, ah. which was which was great news for Cody Rhodes and his recovery. So now he's headed to the Royal Rumble, which adds such a wonderful layer to this coming event in, uh, in, in the Alamodome. I agree with you, and I'll do you one better. Just by throwing his hat in the race, which may have come as a shock to some people. Some people would have loved to just hear Cody's music and have him arrive in the Royal Rumble. Everybody loves those moments. But why would you not? Because now the fact that Cody is in the Royal Rumble match automatically puts him in the top three maybe five favorites to win the thing. Period. Period. You can't bet against Cody. You may not think he's going to win. You may not want, you, if you're not a fan of Cody, maybe you don't want Cody heading to WrestleMania. But what we saw at Hell in a Cell solidified that you should believe in Cody Rhodes. Even if he's not your favorite flavor of ice cream, he's not your guy. You have to believe 
because no one believes more than Cody. And that comes through our screens. That's why Cody has forged this connection with fans because in spite of his own well-being, in spite of what Cody may want to do or how he thinks things should be, Cody does what needs to be done when it needs to be done. And I think you, you've got to talk about Cody as a, a favorite to win the thing. So as of right now, for the men's Royal Rumble match, Cody Rhodes, yes, Kofi Kingston, our guest here coming up in mere minutes, is a uh, an entrance into the Royal Rumble match. Santos Escobar, Ricochet, Austin Theory, Seth freaking Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Baron Corbin, Rey Mysterio, Gunther, and Omos. I mean, you said top, you said Allow top three. Allow me to adjust my prediction in Correct. my previous statements. Top three. Well, Cody will be one of 30 men <laughs> in the Royal Rumble, any of whom might win because you can't bet against Gunther. You can't bet against Seth Rollins. Uh, I mean, anyone you just named is a legitimate contender. Rey Mysterio, Rey's won the Rumble in the past. So is how, how great would it be to see Rey head to LA and, and challenge for the championship at WrestleMania? One final huge WrestleMania moment, or I mean, I say that, Ray's probably got 10 more manias left in him. The guy, he's like Benjamin Button. If I had to pick one, though, I mean, if, if I had to, and as a commentator, I probably shouldn't, but through sheer body of work, Seth freaking Rollins, for me, deserves to be at, at the mountaintop, uh, and he deserves to be main event in wrestling. It's just my opinion. And you won't get any argument from me. Yeah, like everything we've seen from him, and it's not just me and you, it's every single arena we go to week in and week out, and week in and week out, he's performing. Week in and week out. This guy is at the very top in WWE over 10 years, yet week in and week out, his performances just, they leave me with my jaw dropped. He's that impressive. There's a word that comes to mind, KP, here, and you say that regarding Seth Rollins. It also applies to Cody Rhodes, undeniable. And Austin Theory's thrown that word around recently. Bobby Lashley could be looked at as undeniable. When it's good, it's good. And we have so many superstars right now who are simmering. They are just on the cusp of blowing up. Rollins has been there before. Rollins pulled off the heist of the century at WrestleMania. That was the pinnacle. But this is a different Rollins. This is a better Rollins. Cody Rhodes has never had that WrestleMania moment. He's competed at WrestleMania, but Cody's never had that spotlight on him that he believes he has earned or is in the process of earning with respect to his family, to the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, to everyone who has sacrificed to Dustin. To, to, to I'm trying to name everybody that I can think of off the top <laughs> of my head. But... And the list goes on. You can make legitimate cases for so many guys. So I am, I'm going to, going to adjust my statement as excited as I personally am for Cody to be back. I don't know if I can pick him to win the thing because this could go any which way. And again, back to my previous point, the road to WrestleMania is not an express route. It is not a point A to point B journey. You cannot, you cannot, you know, figure out exactly the best route to take. It's, it's a ride, man. It's a journey. And I am excited to buckle up and take this journey. Yeah, you're not hopping in a self-drive car to wrestle. <laughs> you're going to get derailed pretty, like, no chance. But we can't wait. April 1st and 2nd in Hollywood. And we've mentioned it before. It's been published by WWE that this is the highest grossing WrestleMania of all time. Already. And not one single match has been announced. It's going to be big, man. It's La La Land. It's Hollywood. You know we go all out for WrestleMania anyway. By the way, we mentioned it on Monday Night Raw. All of those epic vignettes that WWE created and produced the last time we were in Los Angeles for WrestleMania, when WrestleMania went Hollywood. 
they're all available. We showed the clip of the, the taxi driver you talking to me on Raw. We'll be dropping those on all of our social platforms. So if you love those as much as we did, uh, keep your eyes peeled. They're going to be available everywhere. But before we get even to Elimination Chamber, let alone WrestleMania, we've got NXT Vengeance Day. And we found out this week that the NXT Tag Team Championships will be up for grabs as the New Day defend against both Pretty Deadly and Gallus in a triple threat tag team match. Can't wait to see that thing go down. But before we get there to Charlotte, North Carolina, please welcome to the show one half of the reigning defending NXT Tag Team Champions, the New Day and Royal Rumble aficionado slash expert, Kofi Kingston. Kofi, welcome to After the Bell. You're fresh off of a plane from Orlando, Florida. I appreciate you taking the time, man. NXT was last night. Uh, we watched it all go down. You've got Vengeance Day on the horizon. I want to ask you all about that. We've got the Royal Rumble right around the corner. Yeah. But before we get there, I know you're working extremely hard off camera on something that's very important to you, the Click for Quality Education Foundation. How did this come to be? Let the ATB listeners know what you're working on and, and talk about this, this project you're putting so much passion into. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so this is a project that my mom and I are working on. Uh, CLIC stands for Computer Labs and Integrated Centers of Knowledge. Um, and we're trying to bring computer labs to kids in Ghana, computer labs and libraries. Uh, I think, you know, here in the United States and really all over the world, we're accustomed to being able to have like cell phones and being able to find information really at the palm of our hands, at the palm of our fingertips whenever we want. So uh, in Ghana, that's not really the case. You know, there's a lot of kids out there who uh, they don't even know what a computer is, you know, uh, and they don't find out until like later in their lives. So we're just trying to uh, promote technological literacy and computer literacy uh, among the kids in order to give them just a, a fair chance and put them on equal fo equal footing when they're going out there in the world and trying to succeed. So, yeah, we're we're um, you know, we have a, a GoFundMe. Uh, which is at www.gofundme.com slash click FQE that uh, a lot of people have been uh, donating to. And it's been great to see everyone kind of come together and, and, and help us out. You know, uh, I've been telling everybody that like, I'm, I'm real stubborn when it comes to like asking for help. I'm just like a guy who's like, I'm just going to do it all myself. You know, I'm, I don't need anybody's help. But the, the more that uh, my mom and I uh, do this. And the further we get into the process, the more we realize that we do need quite a bit of help in terms of um, finishing out the project. So uh, right now we're looking for uh, the computers mainly, you know, uh, we need about 50 computers. And um, we had a couple of prospects that were uh, potentially going to donate those to us. And those have kind of fallen through. We're still talking to some people, but um, this is the main portion of where the uh, proceeds will, will go to and the donations will go to. So yeah, we're it, it's it's coming along great though. We've uh, we've built the building. We have all uh, the furniture, most of it. We have uh, uh, instructors and teachers lined up to be able to help. And um, yeah, the artwork on the walls, and it's crazy to see how far we've come in just a couple of years. But uh, we do need a little bit of help to kind of finish it all out. So that's uh, that's what we're doing. Just trying to bring a little sense of uh, you know just education and and again media literacy to kids who really need it. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water. 
pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier, thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. On May 10th, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes is coming to IMAX and theaters everywhere. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. Stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Only in theaters May 10. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. It's been pretty well documented. Obviously, your background in Ghana, the WWE covered your visit, your return there several years back. How have you been able to really like strengthen that relationship with your roots? Uh, how, how, I'm not really familiar with your family background or what your ties currently are there. How, how do you do something like that? Because it seems like a huge undertaking on the other side of the world. Yeah, it, it's. I think I'm really lucky to have my mom kind of on the ground, you know, on the uh, on the on the ground over there, just working. She she lives over there now. Oh, okay. I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we talk all the time about just, um, the things that, that, that are needed over there, you know, and she's always telling me stories about, um, you know, different, different situations and scenarios that people are going through. So over time we've been able to, um, you know, obviously maintain a close link with what's going on over there. And again, with my mom over there, it's, um, it's actually pretty easy to, to figure, you know, she has her finger on the pulse of like what's needed, what's going on. And um, I think it's important too, just to, uh, you know, just, just give back to your roots, go back to your roots. And uh, especially when you get to be on such a high platform, being a WWE superstar and having some kind of success, I think we all kind of have a social responsibility to give back. And this is just one of the ways that we are trying to give back and do our part. You're an outstanding human being. You really are. Good for you, Kofi. Keep keep up the great work, you and your mom. And on that note, and, and talking about Ghana, I was talking to Omos not so long ago about visiting Lagos, Nigeria, and he spoke about the just the wave of of enthusiasm for WWE where he came from. What's it like in Ghana? It is uh, so. If you haven't seen the, uh, the the WWE 24 that we did when we went over there, that is. So it, it was an amazing experience for me to be able to go back to Ghana after 26 years um, and, you know, go back as WWE champion. You know, um, the amount of like just 
smiles and 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 happiness and just emotion that went into that trip was like just wow. We were there for about four days, and um, I got to meet the president when I was over there. I got to um, you know meet um, the the king, the Ashanti king, and it was just an amazing experience. And and I really realized that that WWE is huge over there. You know, there's a lot of fans over there. And and for me to go back and, and have the most prestigious title in the history of wrestling and show these kids that on the side plate here is one of the most popular Ghanaian names, you know, in the, in the culture, it's right here. I could just see in their eyes, just uh, like a sense of like hope, you know, like that anything is, anything is possible. I was born in Ghana. And I came to the United States when I was about a year old, you know, somewhere along the journey, I became a wrestling fan. And, you know, now I'm the first Ghanaian born WWE champion, the first uh, African born, you know, WWE superstar. Right. Like, so when you think about that, it's like from where I've, where I've come from to where I am now, it really is. Uh, it's breathtaking. You know, I think uh, when I sit down and think about it, it's just uh, it's just wild. Is that what it took? It was going back to Ghana and and seeing that to your point, the hope in the kids' eyes. We 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 all live ridiculous lives, right? We all get to travel and we do things that most people just dream of. And it's just Tuesday for us. Is, yeah. is that what it took? Was was to really step outside of the bubble and go back and then then realize the impact you have on people. It really put things into perspective for sure, because I think, you know, we travel all over the world and even just traveling all over the U.S., like you realize how much of an impact you have on people's lives. But to leave the country and to go back to my homeland and go to where I was born and see the elation of people, uh, it, it's just, you know, it's it's breathtaking. It really is. It was just really such an incredible experience. And as amazing as it was to see it documented on film it didn't even, it, it paled in comparison to what it was like in real life. Like as soon as I stepped off the plane, there were people in the, in the jetway just waiting to like, you know, whoa, say hi and, and grab my arm and stuff. And then I went outside uh, to get onto the bus that I was on. And uh, there were people that were, uh, you know, dressed up in traditional Ghanaian garb and they were playing music and they're dancing around the bus. And I'm like, this is wild. This is as soon as I stepped off the plane. And that was the same energy that was carried out throughout the entire trip. So um, it definitely reinforced the sense of, uh, of pride that I have for, of, of, you know, from coming from there and uh, to be able to represent my country, and represent my people on this grand scale. And um, as I've said on many different interviews, like one of my main goals is to just motivate people to go out and follow their dreams because I, by the statistics, I'm, I'm not supposed to be here, man. Like, right. I, you know what I mean? I'm not six eight. I'm not. I don't have. I have no pectoral muscle. It's all sternum here. My legs are real skinny. I have a weird shaped head. I shouldn't be on TV. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't be here. But here I am, and I've been able to achieve my dream and have so much success here being multiple time champion, becoming WWE champion, becoming a, a double, triple crown champion. Wait, what? Like, yeah, yeah. You, so, you took yeah, it right. Wild, <laughs> KP had his stat sheet lined up. He was ready. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your thunders. I'm going back to it here because I'm like, this guy, I mean, it's unreal. Let's go, let's go through some of these accolades right now. 13, uh, let's see here. Obviously grand slam champion, uh, triple crown champion. You're the third tag team, triple crown champion. 
I mean, we could be going he's on He's the all first day. to ever be both types of triple crown yes, champion. Correct. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. We could sit here all day and go through your accolades, <laughs> Kofi, but unfortunately, we're on a, a bit of a schedule, so I want to talk about what you're dealing with right now, your current reign, and maybe the most unlikely of all your championship reigns, particularly at this stage of your career, you and Xavier Woods as NXT Tag Team Champions. Talk to me about how this opportunity came about how it's come to be, what you're doing, and just your overall experience of being in the NXT program again, having not done it the first time around. Yeah, we were we were just approached with the opportunity of, of uh, going down to NXT. And I hate saying going down to NXT. I got to stop saying Geographically. that. You know, <laughs> Geographically. Geographically down. Yes, yes. Well, yes. I'm in Texas, so going, yeah. <laughs> over. Well, He's over to NXT. Going over, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, just because like there, there's so much talent now. You, Ah, there we go again. There's so much talent over there. You know, there, so all the all the guys over there are super duper talented. Um, but it's been amazing. We were presented with that opportunity to uh to to go over to NXT and we we're like, yeah, of course, we'd love to do that. And especially like working with Pretty Deadly is something that we had been wanting to do for a very long time. From a character perspective, you know, watching them in NXT UK, like these guys are like ridiculous in the best way possible. You know what I mean? Just the way that they look is like you you want to you want to boo them and that was proven. We actually had a, a, a live event loop with them a couple weeks ago, and they just walked out and everyone just automatically booed them. You know, and I'm like, you know, you don't even know who these guys are. You know what I'm saying? Like they they have such a special talent. Graves has been gushing about them. He's been gushing, Kofi. I had so much fun that night that the new day and Pretty Deadly did did battle. I texted Kofi and Woods and just said thank you. I enjoyed the hell out of that. That was so much fun. And I was, I gushed about it on, on here and yeah, kudos to pretty deadly, but, but it, it, credit to you guys in new day as well for bringing that out of them or seeing that in them and helping the world get eyes on what pretty deadly are capable of in a way, even though you won, you gave back to pretty deadly, you know what I mean? And I think that's super important. Yeah, for sure, man. I think that, um, you know, we, we have a, a, our job is to kind of pass down the knowledge that we've learned through experience and through the people that have given it to us. Uh, otherwise, it, you know, the business doesn't continue. That's the way that the business has been able to thrive is by people passing down what they've learned um, and, and getting in there with guys who have less experience, you know. So it's cool to be on that side of the coin because it happened really, really quickly. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of the things that we uh, assume are like, you know, common knowledge, a lot of the people in NXT don't know because right now the experience level is so uniform. It's really even a lot of people, you know, you have certain people who have a little bit more experience than others, but there's no one there that's been there for like, you know, that has like 10, 12 years of experience. Everybody's kind of right around the same. So for us to like be able to bring our experience there and talk about what we've learned and people like their minds are blown. I'm like, oh my God, like we, we do know, we do know a little bit, I guess. Right. You know? So yeah, it's cool, man. Would you say it's it's sort of reignited your passion at all in that you there's that old adage when when you teach somebody you get to learn it all over again and, and sort of renews and re refreshes that that passion? It has, yeah, for sure because um it, it's just a different energy in NXT and I, I we're I mean me and Woods we're so far removed from like not knowing who we are and trying to find ourselves and, you know, being nervous and all that. So uh, when we go to NXT and you see all of that and you're watching the matches and you're seeing people like trying to figure stuff out and trying things that might work or that might not work, like that's an exciting time because these kids are all like the future of the business, right? These guys, you, you see them now and then it's exciting to think about like where they're going to go. 
like what they're going to be, what they're going to become um, and what their stories are going to be like. So for us to have a small part in kind of helping that process along is um, it's really, really cool when you think about it. And and like I said, man, that's kind of like what our responsibility is as the uh, like the quote unquote elder statesman right. of, uh, of the industry right now, which is also weird to say. Weird, right? <laughs> you know, that's where we're at. And Kofi, you talk about the, the 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 confidence or maybe lack thereof at times and the nerves that can creep in. That's all within the cozy confines of the Performance Center in Orlando. At Vengeance Day, it's Queen City. It's Charlotte, North Carolina. It's a wild, raucous crowd. So how excited are you to go there? Triple threat match against Pretty Deadly and Gallus. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. It's going to be super exciting. Even uh, like like I said, the NXT environment is is just different. The energy is different. Even within, like you said, the confines of uh, of NXT in Orlando, those fans are like hardcore fans. You know what I mean? Like they come there every single week. They show out. They bring their energy, and it's amazing to be a part of that. Um, for for this uh, event and for you know uh, Vengeance Day in Charlotte, this is the first time that NXT has been on the road since the pandemic. So this is their first live event. So I know that the energy is going to be just off the charts because there's so many people who have not been able to go to Orlando every week, you know, but are still huge NXT fans. And now they're going to be able to go to Charlotte and experience NXT at the live level. So um, again, like for us to be a part of that is um, it's going to be awesome. Like selfishly, I just like, you know, I feel like we're like little energy vampires, right? So when you get to feel <laughs> that, like that rush of energy coming from the crowd, it's like, oh yeah, you know, you get your fix. You know what I'm saying? So I can't wait to be a part of that, man. It's going to be awesome. We're also in Royal Rumble season, Kofi. This will be your, I, I, let this sink in for a second, your 15th oh, Royal God. Rumble match, oh, which, I mean, is simply incredible. That That's next in line to, to Kane. That'll be the most active alongside Dolph Ziggler uh, at 15. It, it's, it's, it's a wild number to consider. Is this a real special time of year for you? It is a special time. Um, Obviously, uh, I've become highly associated with the Rumble. You know, I want to stop you there because I was going to draw attention to that. Okay, despite having not not winning the Royal Rumble, Kofi Kingston has become a regular highlight. To where when your music hits and you're making your rundown, it's it's ironic to say this out loud, but people can't wait to see you not get eliminated. Right. Right, and, yeah. and year after year after year, and you've, to your credit, you've been creative. You've come up with different ways to do it. So many different memorable yeah, ways to avoid elimination. Is this the year that Kofi gets it done? It's always the year. You know, you don't go into it with the mentality of like, ah, you know, let's take this year off. Maybe in two years we'll, we'll try to win. You try. I, I'm trying to win every single time. You know what I mean? Like, I want to go out there and, uh, you know, at the very least, like, make the final four. You know what I'm saying? There, there are people that will be like, oh, Kofi, you know, you're Mr. Royal Rumble. I'm like, ah, uh, I technically know. I mean, like, I'm there. You know what I'm saying? I'm there. But uh, for me to consider myself as Mr. Royal Rumble, I feel like I got to win. You know what I mean? It's, like, so, it's that Mandela effect. People are yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah Kofi's yeah. got the, he's the best of all time at Royal Rumbles. It's like, he's never actually won. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's awesome, man. Uh, um, and I always got to give credit to John Morrison because he was the one who did it first. You know, um, yeah, yeah. when he got knocked off the apron and Spider-Man onto the barricade and jumped in. And then uh, everyone was like, well, that was crazy. That was awesome. Well, and then the next year, like he wasn't with the company anymore. So I was like, oh, uh, let me go ahead and... Uh, Kofi said, hold my beer. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but yeah, every year it's been, um, 
just an honor to do something that the people look forward to. Because I think that at the crux of our industry and, the, and, and being successful in our industry, you really are just trying to find a way to stand out. You know, whether that be at the Rumble, whether that be on Raw, whether you have a 10 minute match or you have 30 seconds out there, you always want to find a way to stand out every time you're in front of the camera. So that was always my goal when it came to the Royal Rumble. And now here we are 15 years later and uh, people are uh, they're, they want to know, what are you going to do? I'm like, I'm going to win. Like, OK, but what else? What, what, what's, the, what's the trick? <laughs> the like, goal is to uh, not have to do those things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. That's the actual point of the match. You don't want to be in those situations. I, I would love to never get thrown over the top rope even once. I, just to be able to stand there while everyone else got thrown out. It'd be real boring to watch, but I would be a winner. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I really do look forward to Royal Rumble season because, um, again, I'm a, I'm a big energy guy. I've mentioned it a few times now, but the energy in the Rumble is different. When you think about it, like people count down from 10 to 1, like now, like 60 times. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like 60 yeah. times. That's a lot. Like do that in your house. Like it's going to get like boring after a while. <laughs> it, but it, never it, gets lo- it, it never gets less loud. Yeah, no. And they're so excited about it. So um, and then on top of that, like you never know who's going to show up. Um, last year, you know, you had Mickey James showing up when she right. was with, uh, with, with Impact. TNA, right. Champion, right? Like yeah. that was what? Like, how did that even happen? So now I think people are even more excited about like, you know, who's going to be there? What's going to happen? You really are literally on the edge of your seat and you have no idea what's going to come next. So it's an exciting time to say the least. Definitely an exciting time. And you were talking a few minutes ago about just trying things and figuring out what works and figuring yourself out as a superstar. The New Day have been very open and honest and, and with, with the, the audience about all the trials and tribulations and errors and things that worked, things that didn't work, things that should have worked, that never worked, that shouldn't have worked, that have worked. Yeah. But the one constant throughout the, the duration of the New Day has been, it was a trio. Obviously, Big E, out with an injury currently. Uh, I do my best to keep tabs on him, keep in touch with him a couple times a week, make sure make sure he knows we ain't forget about him. But my question is for you, Kofi and Woods, how has the chemistry changed? I know you guys have competed as a tag team many times as the New Day, but not having the constant of E as a part of the New Day, how's that sort of felt for you guys? Yeah, it's a little different. I mean, it's way different because um, we definitely feel like his presence uh, is missed when we're out there for sure. Um, but there were some times where he was on Raw, we were on SmackDown um, and vice versa. And we had to kind of do deal with it that way. I mean, we're in constant contact with the, we text literally multiple times every single day. So to us, it feels like he's, he's still there, but in ring. Yeah, it is a little bit different. You know, it's a little bit different. Um, you know, uh, not having the, the the powerhouse. So the way that the matches are structured is different. You know, me and Woods in there is different than me and E or Woods and E, vice versa. But um, you know, uh, the the energy the energy is still there. You know, the energy is still there. Uh, a lot of times we try to do things uh, to pop E. You know, just do right, little right. random things in there. We know he's going to be watching. We'll pop him and then he'll like text us about it. I'm like, oh, okay, the, the one person that we're trying to do something for, like, you know, like, like, the best. like reactive. And that's <laughs> like really what? Awesome. Like, give that's us an example. That's the what, best what, example. What do you do? The best. Uh, what do we do? Um, gosh. I know we had done something. I want to know what to look out for next yeah, time. Well, but, but well it's no, it's not, not for you, you KP. It's, it's not, not for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you sit at home and be like, that was for me. It's just, it's, it's not even like, it, I don't know. It's just random stuff. Just real random stuff. Kevin Patrick loves inside jokes. He hopes to be a part of yeah. one someday. You want to be in there. 
So Michael Scott it's is like, like, you can, if I would have like, some of the things uh, like out loud to us, like here, it wouldn't even be funny. You know what I'm saying? It's just right, like, yeah. so, so yep. inside, but yeah, man, it, it's, it's, uh, we obviously love, uh, we would love to uh, have E out there with us side by side, but, um, you know, we're just happy that he is able to live, uh, his life right now, man, because that injury was so intense, you know, and it could have been and should have been a lot worse. Um, I, I think I've mentioned on a few different episodes of, uh, like podcasts and interviews and whatnot, but the, the doctor had told him that if he were to break his neck a millimeter this way, he would have had a stroke a millimeter that way. He would have died a millimeter this way. He would have been paralyzed. So for him to like be walking up and about, you know, and, and he's not had to have surgery. He's been able to like l- allow the injury to heal. It's a, it's really, it really is a miracle. You know, it really is a miracle. And, and to us, like, that's really what's important, right? Like for, for, for him to be able to be happy, to be living his life un, un um, you know, unmolested or whatever, uh, unbothered. Unencumbered. Um, yeah, unencumbered. Yeah, that's a much better way to say. It. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh it, it's that that's really what's important. I mean, he was on Instagram a few months ago, like at a roller skating rink, and I'm just like, well, okay, like I guess if you're not worried, I'm not worried, man. But, you know, like I said, it, it's great that he's able to kind of live his life and um you know just be happy. So yeah, that's the most important thing. Kofi, Graves earlier on described this industry as hardened, right? And we're at the bar after Raw on Monday, and we were talking about with Ken, one of the one of the producers, Graves, about how this industry, there's people everywhere. Yet, how many people do you actually know really, really well? And how fortunate do you consider yourself to have had this and, and continue to have this brotherhood with both Woods and, and E? Yeah, I mention that all the time, man. Uh, it is, uh, you, you're not supposed to find one person that you connect with the way that I connect with two people, you know, with Woods and E. Like I, I've never had a bond this strong and not just even in this industry, but in in life where I can uh, consider two men as my brothers and trust them with my life. And um, just we're on the same page on so much stuff. You know, we're, we're just like literally like a hive mind. A lot of times when we're thinking about things, we'll text each other and be like, oh, I was just about to say that, or we'll say things at the same time. So I, I'm really fortunate just to, uh, to share that bond. And, and I, I uh, appreciate that every single day, man. I, I don't take it for granted at all. Um, I tell them I love them all the time. And, um, you know, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. You know, I'll hashtag blessed. You know hashtag blessed. Like, like Bruno Mars. <laughs> I know these guys for sure. So yeah, it's been a wild ride. Well, Kofi, before I let you go, cause we're running low on time. Unfortunately, your epic WWE tag team title reign was ended. Uh, the, the, the streak, the, the record was broken by the Usos who are now the longest reigning WWE tag team champions in history. You now, as we talked about a few minutes ago, have a different type of accolades with triple crowns and you and New Day have done things. Who's the greatest tag team in WWE history? That's us, the New Day. It's us. Do you know why you got to believe that, KP? Because he didn't even blink. He didn't hesitate. He didn't even take a breath. Yeah, you know what I mean? I ain't got to think about that. You know what I mean? And I, I, don't, I don't say it just to boast. And Everyone's got their different flavors of ice cream or whatever, but I just look at the range of um, things that we've done. And, you know, from being able to host WrestleMania as active roster talent, you know, to be able to uh, be at the time, you know, the longest reigning tag team champions of all time, to have the most tag team title reigns in the history, to be able to uh, go out with 
uh, legends, you know, in in um, in in the Dudley Boys, or to be able to go out with rookies like Pretty Deadly and be able to put on matches that are top notch from top to bottom, to be able to do have a zillion matches with the Usos and have every single one of them be different right. and exciting, man. You know what I'm right. saying? Like that, that in I've, itself, I've talked know? about that exact thing on here so too many times to count because in spite of yourselves, you always still come out with different ways to do it and you've yeah. never seen the same thing twice, man. That's a, that's a testament to all four or five of you guys. going to keep eating yeah. the mix because he's involved too. Usos are great, man. If there was anybody that we had to drop that record to, um, I'm glad that we uh, got to do it to them. Although, like, Demolition before us got to hold the record for, what, 30 years? You know what I'm saying? And then they break it in five. I'm a little salty about that. You know, we didn't really get a chance to bask in it. But it's all good, man. The Usos are, are great, man. They're amazing people, amazing competitors, amazing performers. And to see, like, where they've come. I mean, their journey has been just so amazing, man. And they're, they're just scratching the surface, in my opinion. So, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's been a wild ride, you know? It's been a wild ride. There's still tread on those tires, Kofi. I mean, never say never. There's still time to re-break their record. I mean, you got to get right. started soon. I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, but Kofi, before I let you go, man, uh, let us know one more time where everybody can find Click. Yes, uh, it's uh, if you want to go to all social media handles at click FQE um, or you can go to the GoFundMe, like I said, www.gofundme slash click FQE. Um, like I said, everything helps. You know, we've really been appreciative of all the people that have donated to the cause. And, um, you know, if you can't donate, that's OK, too. If you can just spread the word and let people know what we're doing, that goes a long way, too. So, yeah, super grateful for everybody that's been able to support and um, hopefully uh, people will continue to support as we complete our goal. Beautiful. Kofi, thank you for your time, man. You know, you're always welcome. I have to get, get the whole band together back on here yeah, one of these man. days, you know, yeah, see if you yeah. can re- see if those podcasting muscles still work. You I guys, know, yeah. You guys are the only podcast I listen to more than my own. So, I mean, <laughs> hey, a lot of people have been asking about the podcast, you know, so hopefully uh, one of these days we'll get it going again. But who knows? We take it one day at a time and, uh, and we'll see what happens. Stay tuned and find Love out. It. Love it. You're the best, Kofi. You really are. In the meantime, make sure you're following us at After the Bell WWE on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find me at WWE Graves. You can find KP at Kev underscore Egan. Just make sure you're listening for free on Spotify. Search After the Bell. Smash the follow button and never miss an episode. We'll be back next week with more wisdom, more vitriol, and more WWE After the Bell. After the Bell.